and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Tunnigan. And we're continuing this Halloween horror movie fair. Kind of a little oddball movie, but one that uh, I think is a very cool one. Ryan thinks it's a very cool one. But it's 2013's Willow Creek by Bobcat Goldwaith. Yeah, when this movie was first coming out, you actually um, told me about it before. I mean, it was after its... Um, it's um, uh, film festival circuit and all that but you you talked you, you talked about it for a minute on the podcast and then like mm-hmm. i eventually checked it out and yeah it was one that just kept on got got by us we kept on meaning to talk about this movie at some point like well halloween's rolling around the corner and this is technically a horror film so figure what better time to do it yeah well and it's just you know bobcat goldwith i think is one of the most interesting directors out there like if he makes a movie you know you're going to be in for something really cool. Like, he's one of those guys who just delivers and, you know, he'll give you kind of a mixed match of genres all in one. And this one's just an interesting one to see a guy who's been making movies for, you know, almost 30 years plus, and then go, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do that found footage type movie thing, you know, and just goes with almost like the most like primal kind of filmmaking you can possibly have, you know, but like you watch it. And I mean, one, it's like, you do watch this one. It's like, man, it, like that inspired me so much that I was like, you know, and I got this Bigfoot script that I do have kind of going that kind of like stem from this. But I'm like, well, shit, I come from Bigfoot country. There's kind of like that own kind of stuff there. I feel like if, if there's anybody who could tell a Bigfoot story, it might be people that actually live in that type of the Sierras, <laughs> you know? And this movie just was like, wow. I remember for a while there was like, it almost made me want to get back into filmmaking when I saw this one. And I was like, you know what? That found footage thing is like, the cool thing about that is you just don't need so much, you know, crew, actors, and so on. Well, I feel like a lot of the times in a lot of film footage stuff and granted it's um it's um major uh, film studios trying to do found footage that really over gloss it up and make it too shiny um i feel like sometimes they feel a little overproduced and there is kind of like this fakeness to it where something like this feels very real mm-hmm. and it feels like this honestly could be like i think this is easily i mean i know I know for a f- I know it's it's not real, but it honestly feels like the realest kind of version I've seen of found footage because I often feel like too much in found footage they have to find an excuse to have the camera on them the whole time or have a camera going the whole time. Like, why would you be having a camera happen right now? You know, there's even that movie um, that movie I, I like it um, Chronicle, but they really had to force a way to get a camera going the whole time. Like this does not need to I be mean, the fact that it's found footage makes it kind of interesting, but it did not have to be a found footage movie at the end of the day, you know? <laughs> like they, yeah. So this, but this feels like whenever they have a camera on them, it feels like something someone would do. And if it's a bad time to have a camera on them, they're being called out on it. And something that's also interesting about it is, um, it, some, well, it's not solely this movie, but Bobcat Goldwith's, um, his, uh, um, how do I put it? His career. Cause I was listening to some interviews with him around this time. And he said like, yeah, you know what? I kind of like, yeah, sure. I was, I was a stand up comedian who worked, got his way into movies. And I was just doing being the funny guy in movies for a long time. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I, I feel like I kind of sold, sold out at a young age. Now I'm just going to do whatever I want. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> and that just seems like the most awesome attitude to have. And we've got some good movies because of it. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's the thing is his movies are always so interesting, you know, and just so unique. And he just says things. And then he's even got that part where then like mostly all his movies. He's like, I always like to start him off with sort of like, are you in 
or are you out kind of scenes, you know, like perfect examples, like God bless America, which is, I think his like pinnacle film that he ever made. But that part starts off with the dude sitting there flipping through the TV and there's just nothing but junk on. He's, you know, dying of terminal cancer and everything like that kind of shows that as it's going on next door. There's just this like family and this baby just making God awful noise the whole time. And so he just dreams up, goes over there with a shotgun, kicks down the door. The lady throws the baby up in the air. He shoots the baby and explodes in blood and guts and just murders his family right there. Cuts back to him just sitting on the couch with the bad TV going and left a big smile on his face like, oh, quiet now. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. Is I love those kind of parts in that where it's just like, yeah, here you go. Are you in or are you out? You know? Like he, yeah, in this movie, I'm not going to say this has like, because this is probably like the most, um, I kind of recognize some of the dialogue. I recognize, well, um, I, I, well, one of the actors I recognized. Uh, but beyond that, it's one of those things where, like, if you tell me it's a Bobcat Goldwith movie, like, oh, oh, I see it. But then when you actually kind of think about it, like, oh, this sounds like a very Bobcat Goldwith type of thing. With it. It's so realistic, though, because I think my favorite movie of his is probably, of, of the movies I've seen of his, is World's Greatest Dad. Mm-hmm. And um, the one person I recognize in that is uh, I forget the actress's name off the top of my head. Um, uh, Wait, in, in Willow Alexi, Creek, Alexi Gilmore. Yeah, Alexi Gilmore, because she plays the on and off uh, girlfriend to Robin Williams in um, World's Greatest Dad. So that's where I recognized her. But beyond that, everyone else, it's mostly people just playing themselves, like real Bigfoot enthusiasts playing themselves. And the fact that it has like a very, like the thing that kind of sells it, because I feel like a lot of the times people in found footage movies are either not that great of actors and they're usually not that likable. I don't know, maybe because the person's not used mm-hmm. to writing scripts because maybe it's their first or second script or something. But the couple's really likable. And you don't want them to die, you know? Yeah, exactly. What what I kind of like is it starts off, it just has that thing where, hey, here's this, like, couple. They're going to go off and kind of just make, like, a little homemade, you know, um, Bigfoot documentary in a sense. So they're going to go get some interviews. They're going to shoot the Willow Creek town, which that town's one of those ones, like, I still, to this day, I'm like, I always want to drive up there. I mean, it's like one of those ones, like a seven or eight hour drive because you got to, like, crisscross California to get that to that place up there. But it's one of those places that like i would love just to go up there you know and even if you just kind of see all like the touristy stuff they got there like the bigfoot burger you know and all those joints there just it'd just be cool to see for the fact that that is in california but that's a part of california that like nobody ever really brings up that, that's like that real like that's what i would call true northern california northern california in my book is not san francisco and not sacramento and all that kind of stuff true northern california is way up there you know like that shasta whatnot yeah, Shasta's in that ballpark, Eureka, of course, you know, uh, uh, Laysan National Park. That That's what I consider, like, you know, North California, you know. But I like to split California up into five quadrants. Like, for some reason, it sounds like some kind of, like, warring nation five, of Japan. Five. Like, the five <laughs> quadrants of California. <laughs> some Hunger Games shit. You're from quadrant five, you produce coal. Yeah, East California represents one of those ones, but... But yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's a place I've always wanted to go. It just looks badass. I mean, it really doesn't look too much different than like Strawberry from uh, where we're kind of at, where there's like one of the other Bigfoot kind of capitals where you do get Bigfoot statues and Bigfoot. There's all kinds of just stickers and merchandise and all kinds of stuff around there. 
And um, even like on those like official Bigfoot, you know, records, you know, official as official as they can be, but at least somebody wrote it down. There's a handful of those Bigfoot sightings just right up and like, you know, just up and down 108. So it does fit in that void. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess um, because Willow Creek is where the pattern is. It's not Willow Creek itself, but near there is where the Patterson footage was was filmed. And um, that's a big kind of plot point to the movie. And it also kind of goes off of like, actually something else I want to say real quick. Um, Cause I was listening to some interviews with him. He originally was going to do a, um, do a comedy and this still is kind of a horror comedy to an extent, but he was going to do more of a straightforward comedy where it's somebody going to like, I guess it was going to be kind of like a best in show type of movie, mm-hmm. like at a Bigfoot convention up in Willow Creek and like poking fun at the people. But then he went up there and he met the people and he liked the people and he was actually interested in Bigfoot. And he says, like, well, I know Bigfoot people get a lot of shit for believing in Bigfoot and all that. So, you know what? I'm going to just like he was rethinking the movie and it slowly became more of a horror film. Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of the cool thing about it is it's like it, it takes it at a very realistic kind of stance, but then doesn't ever like really insult stuff just you know might might poke a little bit of fun and kind of have there because that's how it, it has that thing where it starts off almost like it's kind of a comedy and then it becomes a little bit more of a documentary and then it starts to become a horror movie and so on like that you know so it has that sort of similar feeling but maybe not as much but like hostile <laughs> you know where that movie starts off like a you know that one starts off like a teen comedy like you're watching american pie like if you would have walked in the hostel that's probably what you would have thought like oh here's another like one of those teen comedy movies coming back again not knowing that uh halfway through they're gonna get captured yeah it's kind of like that in that way i mean it's not as like i think that's something else about it though how toned down it is like it because the first half of the movie is funny and there is like you know you you will find yourself chuckling and laughing but you're not like dying of laughter like it seems like Mm -hmm. real conversations a couple on a road trip would have with each other you know and some of the interactions you're having with people and asking questions and there's early foreshadowing for things because you know there's a few interviews they give in the it's there's like the part where the guy talks about his like dog he was out hunting he thought he saw something he didn't see it but he went chasing after it his dog ran off then he heard his dog like scream and he says he came back his dog was like ripped in two so and he was like really like emotional about it and all so there's like some early scenes like that where you're like fuck okay okay so that, that's that's the stakes but you know then it's back to like oh bigfoot burger you know what they say about the feet right you know so <laughs> what else is big you know that type of show or the part when like they walk in like she's pretending to jerk off the um <laughs> the big, the big hit, statue. statue and then someone walks in behind her well, it was like I love how there's like the old lady who's like in charge of like the Bigfoot like historical museum, and they're like, "Hey, do you like do you believe Bigfoot?" No, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, why is this your job? It's your only fucking job they had available for an 82 year old lady. Fuck you. <laughs> After a while, it's got to be like, well, look, this shit sells. I don't fucking like. It's like it's got to be like you know someone who like opened up a hobby store. And then they also like the kid, their sons, like, you know what? I think we should sell some comics too. I think that's fucking stupid. Well, whatever. And then, like, shit, the comics and the magic cards are making more money. Fuck. And then, like, you know, next thing you know, they've been open for 20 years. So, do you like Deadpool? I don't know what the fuck it is. I just sell it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And you better fucking buy it because that's all I care about by this point. Like, my dreams of a baseball card shop have all went away. Now I just see a bunch of pocket monsters staring at me. 
you know, cursing me till the day I die. I'll probably be buried with them, sadly enough, because it'll become a point where it won't be popular, and then I'll have all this inventory, and then I won't know what to do with it, so I'll hopefully drown in it. Yeah, I'll just take that next Deadpool comic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a store in downtown Sonora, and that store shall, shall remain nameless. But it's basically... The store, that would, the store that would never carry Pokemon cards to, like, save its life back in the day? <laughs> well, it would be, like, um, it, like, sold, like, has a bunch of sports memorabilia, and, like, it's basically, like, boomer memorabilia. They got, like, Dale Earnhardt signs, old 1950s vintage Coca-Cola signs, sports hat, baseball cards, all that kind of shit. And then, you know, old, like, vintage Corvette signs, that kind of thing. And then, if you must, yes, we have magic. Yes, we have Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever the fuck. And then on like Saturdays or Sundays, they have like tournaments and you, you see the I just remember walking by one time. I see the guy behind the, the register with his arms crossed. Like, I fucking hate it. I, I wish I could kill them all, but they're my this is my this is what's really paying the fucking bills. Yeah, that dude back in like the 90s and early 2000s would never carry that stuff at all. He like broke down like midway in the 2000s finally. But like back when the Pokemon was like in its heyday, like that guy was like so lame. It was just like one of those ones like, dude, just carry Pokemon cards. Like you seem like you've you got the connections. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I'm buying them from like the gas station and they got better connections than you, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> the gas station literally has got imported cards from Japan. The gas station. What's wrong with you? <laughs> And then, yeah, that, that guy's like, there's also the, there's a scene, I think, in like, it's uh, that Ice Cube movie, like, the, um, are we there yet or whatever? And I've never really saw it, but I remember one time that pulled that one, but okay, go ahead. No, no, this sounds weird, but like the very <laughs> beginning of that movie came on TV once, like maybe it was like another movie ended and that one came on. And it started off with just like, in a sense that old, like it reminded me like literally that old dude, but instead it was played by Ice Cube where somebody comes into like his, you know, hobby shop for like collectible cards and baseball memorabilia and what have you like that. And they literally has like, it's like supposed to be like a joke. Cause the movie's like what, probably 2002 or three, like some, somebody comes in looking for either Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And then they, you know, they freak out and, you know, insult the kid. It was like, a, you know, when ice keeps yelling at like a 10 year old kid, it's like, yeah, that, you look real tough there swinging a baseball bat at him, chasing him out because he wanted Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hate this one. It's one of those ones you watch it and you go, like, like, it's like, well, this one's like, that, that probably was a joke that worked real well for like the over 50 crowd, maybe, but uh, everybody else is like, dude, Ice Cube, I, I ice thought you were going to be cool. You're cool. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, like, you know what I mean? You're like, you're insulting literally your own audience. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to NWA and play Pokemon. Let's see what the big problem is. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like one of those ones, but, um, but I just, I always think about that kind of scene. Like, that's that stuck with me. I'm like, wow, there was that time period where, like, yeah. That just like that dude down there did not want to carry that, and I have no idea what this has to do with Willow Creek. Now that I think about that how we lady, got to this, that lady basically, oh, I think she, lady, lady. Some, she probably like got into like I'll sell a couple of Bigfoot books, and people kept on popping up. Like, yeah, sure, here's some more Bigfoot books, and like, God, this shit fucking sucks. okay. All right, sure, I guess if there's a market, well, they keep on showing up anytime they hear that. Oh, he stepped on the oh, well, he, he took another step somewhere. Cool, write a fucking book about it. So, probably came across kind of like that and still in business, at least as of yeah. 2013. Yeah, exactly. One of those ones like that. But, um, 
but yeah, it's kind of neat. They go through the town. They check out all kinds of cool stuff there. There's like all those cool murals and so on like that. I like how they're trying to piece together the mural. They're like, it's like, oh, there's Bigfoot. What was he doing there? He's like farming for him and building houses. It's like, well, Bigfoot's just pretty much like their slave. It's just and then he's just sitting down like Bigfoot's sad. Bigfoot don't want to work anymore. <laughs> Bigfoot just want to go back to the woods. Bigfoot will work for berries. <laughs> he looks sad, like, yeah, because we're making them do all, all their shit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like the weirdest murals when you think about it. It's just, it looks like this town was erected by, like, Bigfoot's, like, slave labor. <laughs> it's like Bigfoot's that scene that's in them. <laughs> Bigfoot and man will work hand in hand. <laughs> it's like there's that scene in red dead redemption um um oh yeah uh whatever not undead, undead nightmare and uh we're like you, you you have to go out and you find bigfoot and the guy's like oh those stupid you know apes terrorizing the town i want you to go out there and blow living daylights out of him you know and then it's like oh okay i guess that's the mission you weren't they don't think too much of it that i remember i had like a rifle that like would explode on contact so it Shut seemed even up. more yeah, like even more violent. Like that Bigfoot, boom! It just like explodes, blood and guts everywhere. Like, and then you're going out and you're like killing these Bigfoots, not thinking anything of it. You're like, oh, this is what the mission told me to do. You know, like like a faithful servant. Oh, this is what they told me to do for the points. And then you get to the last one. That Bigfoot's in there is like, just go ahead and fucking do it. Are you killed every one of my family? We were trying to live a good life, but you fuckheads had to come out west and just take everything over. And all the other ones left. Just fucking show me now. <laughs> well, that part was. Well, <coughs> I mean, that mission actually being kind of creepy because you really, at the end of the day, you don't, you, you can't really. Um, I don't think he even attacks you, even if you get up to him. But the thing is, if you go out there, you kind of stop. He's like, he's in this area. You kind of looking around, just kind of like, you just see something move kind of slightly behind the trees. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. You're riding over there. Like, there he is, you know, because the music's kind of tense and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has that, he's coming right for us kind of thing going on. <laughs> like, and, but that, that is a really legitimate sad thing because when you get to him and he's, he's like, he's like full on bawling like my family's dead i'm the last of my kind and, and like john marston who is like yeah but you, you eat babies i don't eat babies they lie they think i do but don't you know just like oh my god he's like just kill me and he's like you just walk away like jesus christ <laughs> like in, in all honesty i mean at this point i don't think bigfoot's real but I, mean, mm-hmm. I think maybe at one point in time he was re- it was real. I I don't know. I think they were already kind of like on the verge of extinction by that point. You know, like close yeah. to it. Well, it's like that Gigantopithecus kind of thing. Like you know, and that's whatever, like thirty million years ago or something ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. like almost unheard of way back. Like you know, maybe not even that far, but you know, still still way older than any like normal thing. Like so, it's like there is such thing just you know way farther back than. uh you know, you know, any normal recorded history. Did you know, um, well, we'll, I'll talk, we'll talk about Bigfoot facts after the movie, but yeah, um, I got a funny Bigfoot fact I found out today, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, I guess as they're going and looking, um, cause it is just kind of like a real kind of hangout movie. Like, I guess if it, it just, cause there's no real major drama or stakes. Like you find out little things about their relationship about like how, she's a working actress, but she wants to move to LA. He doesn't want to move to LA, move to LA, but he's 
considering it for her, this and that. And they, they, you know, they, they, they give little jabs at each other. They're, they're funny. They're likable. It's just, everything gets a lot more tense once they kind of start to head out there into uh, an earlier point, they come across a wanted poster and there's even kind of like, even though it's kind of grim and bleak, it, it's still kind of, or it's, it's, a, it's a missing poster, a missing poster. Yeah. A missing poster. Like, oh, give me, what, what's your missing face? Like, Oh, like, like she's just doing like different faces you see like on missing posters, so kind of, kind of like that kind of humor, which that seems very Bobcat Goldblith, you know. Well, like on the missing poster, he looks the lazy. Like she looks way too happy to be missing. Yeah, like, like this that kind of thing. And, you and, do, yeah. And and then they and then they actually go out there, and at some point they say, and th- this actually is like something that happened around. I don't know about Willow Creek wouldn't surprise me, but it'll definitely around like Humboldt, around that kind of area. Um, which is there was pot farmers and people would sometimes use Bigfoot to kind of scare off like pot people who were like, who were growing and all that kind of stuff. So at some point when they're heading off to where they think they, where they're they're heading off, will be the easiest way to get where they want to go. There's some fucking redneck who stops them. And it's basically being all threatening, like, all right, what you want to do is you want to turn the fuck around, head back to whatever the fuck you want. You know, it just gets all like, like aggro all of a sudden and does that Mm kind of like fake, like friendly, like pat the chest. Like, there you go, man, get out. You like kind of like that. And it's one thing it's, it's, it's like, it's that I thought was kind of funny. He just says, he he says it so low and the guy's kind of far enough away. He's like, I just run this motherfucker over. (laughs) What'd you say? Like, there's no way he could hear him from that far. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just we got when you just meet those like random ass fucking people out there, you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, that 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 one time, you like kind of in like sort of Sierras. That happened to once. It was like me. This is a real sounds like local characters, but like me, Thomas Jaquetta, and Kyle Fountain were out just bushwhacking because that was just what you did as a kid in the woods, where you just randomly walked through the woods and eventually you ended up somewhere. <laughs> Like that's a, who who knows what it was? Maybe you'll discover a gold mine. Maybe you'll discover something. You you just never know. But we got to one point where some guys like like freaking out. He's like, well, you, you guys can't be on this road. What are you guys doing there? Well, I want you to go back. We're like, uh, well, we can't go back that way because th- this way's towards this house. He's like, well, I don't care. I don't care. I want you to go back that way. You know, well, if you're going down the wrong path there, this, this is my property. Never ever never never do. And you're like, dude, fucking shut the fuck up. <laughs> like we're ten years old. It's just like, well, what are we gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna go we're just gonna go this way because this is all we know. He's like, well, we, I better not catch you back down here. I'll have to call the cops on you guys. They're like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll be here right in time. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna take him like 45 minutes just to get to this house. <laughs> and uh, that that mean, that's only if that means only if they're on the way already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but like, um, but that also brings up another question because you never actually see. Bigfoot in this. I mean, I think it's it is more than likely Bigfoot, but even kind of brings up the question: like, is it like pot farmers or like just assholes fuck with them? Like, and I guess that brings up the question: was that guy just some like was that like um some guy who's trying to warn him and keep him away, or was that like some shady ass like dealer or pot farmer? I think he was a shady ass pot farmer. That's what I think he was. But um, I think so too. Because this is still like that. This movie's made in 2013, so it's like that proto right before like the legalization of marijuana. You know, mm-hmm. when when that was still a dangerous thing if you were out in the woods. You know that you could run across that. Like now, that feels like that's kind of subsided a lot more. Not saying that it couldn't. You know, but you know, you, you fucking just walk down the street and you're like, oh, there's a big old pot farm right in that guy's front yard. Oh, well, 
he's growing right there off the roses. Nobody seems to care anymore. It's like it's like you know we're at that level where it's not that big. Where like back in the day, if you stumbled across, be like, oh shit, we better get the fuck out of here. This this is gonna get dangerous fast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, have you ever done that? I've never done that, but um, there was one time I was doing yard, yard work, just stumbled across a pop farm while out in the woods. Um, well, I, I, so I've seen it before. Like, we, you, you'll see it like in someone's backyard. You can just kind of tell back in the day, like when it was like illegal, and you're like, oh, this is a that's that's an interesting one. Like, uh, and then you're kind of like, let, let, let's just uh, not go closer to this house. Hmm, gotcha. But gotcha. mostly they would always have, you know, they would always have the creepy tall fences and all. Like, they, they really would make themselves look like there's there's doing something shady back there. There'd be all the security cameras before, like, you know, normal people had security cameras everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. there'd probably be some random wild dog that they got. It's just like, stupid fucking dog. You know, like one of those kind of things. And there would be all the telltale signs that this guy was doing something shady. It would have, like, the netting over the top to keep the birds out. <laughs> Dude, that already really loves his rose garden. I'm not too sure one or the other. But. You know, it could be both. Yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, no, I've never actually had that out in the woods. I've done like I was doing yard work for somebody once, and some of the cross. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, ignore that. Like, cool. <laughs> Didn't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I see it quite often nowadays. Like, I'll open up a gate and go, oh, hey, look at there's a bunch of plants back there. But once again, this day and age, nobody seems to really care. <laughs> Yeah. But back then, I guess this still would have mattered and all that. And um, so I, I think that in, when they're kind of going out there and they are just out in the woods for a while, it is just kind of like it is kind of a slow creep up because it is like kind of just a chill hangout movie with a couple of like, you know, creepy foreshadowing things at the be- in the beginning and around like the halfway point, basically from beginning up until where they're in the tent. When they're in the mm-hmm. tent, that scene from there, the tent just builds and keeps building. And that's the crazy thing. Because when you really think about the movie, it is, it is a short movie. It's like an hour and 19 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, mm-hmm. something like that. And it's relatively a good chunk of it's just people hanging out. They're in a tent for like 20 minutes. And then, <laughs> and then they're running around the woods trying to get the fuck out of there. And things go from bad to worse. Yeah, you know what's an interesting one I'm thinking of is, uh, you know, they explain like the lady's job that she's, you know, a wannabe actress or a partial actress or whatever like that. And then it's like they never really see what the guy's job is, but obviously it feels like he wants to be a filmmaker, but for some reason he hates L.A. <laughs> it's like the weird thing. It's like, dude, you're out here making a movie and like you're like, fuck, I ain't, I'm never going to be caught dead moving to L.A. Like, what does this guy do? Like, I just kind of wonder, like, is he just like kind of like one of those guys like, yo, babe, go make some of that acting money for us. What are you going to do? I don't know. Just feeling myself right now. You know, just look at the camera. But like, you know, it's like, it's like you, you almost feels like they're both actors, but obviously he could care for flying fuck less. I get the sense that, I mean, um, they just get across that he, he's really into Bigfoot stuff. He's really into Bigfoot stuff. And she's just kind of going along with it because, because, because it was something friend I mentioned earlier, it's like his birthday and she agrees to go with him to willow creek to go looking for bigfoot and do like a little just mm-hmm. a fun documentary kind of thing and he's all into it and she's just kind of like yeah okay i guess you know this isn't really my thing but i'll go wrong with you and um from there like it, like we said things go from fine then everything starts to get worse as it goes along and he gives me the vibes of somebody who's probably just like a business guy who just has like who maybe wanted to go into that kind of thing but then, like, he's like, you know what? 
I think I'm gonna go out. I think I'm just gonna go out and like follow my dreams of become getting into Bigfoot shit. You know, I think it's something kind of like that. I think that he gave me those that that kind of vibe of a guy. Yeah, he, he gives like that Randall moment from like Clerks Three. <laughs> yeah, where he decides like you know what, fuck, I'm gonna go follow my dreams. But then you know, he said that one of his other inspirations. He said, you know, people make like a Bobcat Gold said there's people obviously making like make uh, comparisons to Blair Witch Project, which I get, which. It wasn't intentional, but I don't know if you can make a found footage in the movie in the woods without it feeling that way. And then he says, another one that I pulled from was actually, um, God, I had it in my head a second ago, um, um, was, uh, God, what was the other example I just made? Shit, I had it in my head a second ago. We were talking about, we were talking about like, oh, oh, Grizzly Man, Grizzly Man. Oh, yeah, Grizzly Man, yeah, yeah. How basically it's like, this dude has like this unfiltered passion, but it's his, you know, passion and naivete, which kind of leads him to his death. Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually definitely makes kind of sense right there. I mean, yeah, like the found footage one, there's, I feel like no matter what found footage movie you do, it kind of all generally stem, even though that's, even though, um, uh, whatever, uh, Blair Rich Project's not technically the first one of those type of movies. It's the one that got such a big yeah. recognition. Because really, like, Cannibal Holocaust, like, definitely sort of starts out even somewhat earlier. It's, it's a little bit different because they're, it's more like they're making a documentary, I guess. But it's in that, it's literally that same vein. But that movie was not, like, one that you could easily see. Mm-hmm. And um, he even said, he even used Grizzly Man as, like, an example of like, because why would you turn off the camera right here? It's like, yeah, a lot of people would would turn off the camera by now, but the Grizzly Man guy had the camera going up until his death, so I yeah. figured I could probably do something similar. Yeah, no, it makes sense, and so on like that, you know. And then, um, well, they they do they kind of get out there, they go out hiking because they're going to go to Bluff Creek, pretty much where that uh, Patterson Gimlin footage is shot at, and um, they you know the the dude at like there, there's a dude at um. He's got kind of like a bookstore slash sort of novelty shop. He's the one that sort of gives him directions there. He's got kind of a, you know, just the super, the super, super like Otaku Bigfoot dude, like <laughs> out there that has all the knowledge of everything. <laughs> He's got all like the collectible figures, <laughs> you know, all the different interpretations. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, he, he gives them that, that kind of stuff. And um, so they're out there hiking around, you know, deep into the woods and whatnot like that. And, um, you know, they get to that point where they set up camp because it gets late and whatnot. And um, as they sort of set up camp, that's when you sort of get the where you start hearing like the, there's like the 20 minute scenes where you start hearing like the Bigfoot type sounds, you know, like the classic things like, when you know, Bigfoot's supposed to sound like he's slapping two two by fours together. Like, I don't know what he was just at like Home Depot or something. <laughs> <laughs> which I, you know it sounds weird quality yeah 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 boom 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 you know which it sounds weird i've literally heard that sound before in the middle of the night like out in the woods like yeah. it literally sounds like someone's slapping a two by four against a tree and i'm like i whatever the hell that is uh the bigfoot sound that's okay he's protecting the land you know damn it but um you get that and then you get kind of like the Bigfoot like hoots and howls, which just sounds so weird today. I kid you not, as I was walking through this, I'm much farther down the hill now. There was a dog that was practically making that sound. I don't maybe it wasn't a dog for all I know. It was a Bigfoot sitting in the backyard by a pool drinking a martini, you know. But uh I kept hearing that sound all day long. I'm like, this is really weird. I'm hearing that exact sound from the Bigfoot mover from Willow Creek yesterday of like 
which when I picture is because I watched like the second I watched that movie back in the day, I watched the audio commentary like right afterwards. It was really good. And like Bobcat Gold is like, it's pretty much just me running around the, in like the woods, slapping things against trees, throwing stuff, you know, making hoot and hollering sounds. So that's what I picture when I see that. <laughs> that makes sense though, because it's like, because like he did all the voice stuff and all the crazy sound effects and like the mm-hmm. police Academy movies. So it makes sense if like, Man, if only we had someone who could make weird fucking Bigfoot noises. And he big Bobcat Gold. It's kind of funny because when you hear him like talking a stand-up bit and he's all like, oh, yeah, Bobcat Gold, yeah, yeah. But you hear him in an interview, like, oh hey, yeah, just very calm, like collective like voice. He's just yeah. safe still for snake. So I was actually here's the funny thing. Um this movie's actually you could like rent it, download it digitally, um, on like Amazon, whatever. But it's also for free on on uh, YouTube, and I felt a little bad. I actually that's how I watched it. But I looked at some of the comments when I was done, and somebody mentioned that that um, Bobcat Goldworth was the one doing all the sounds. So like I just like to imagine that's just like what Bobcat does on his days off, just goes out into the woods, <laughs> pretend to be Bigfoot, scares away people trying to go catch him on camera, <laughs> throwing rocks and like smacking like wood against trees and doing all that. <clears throat> but that seems very impressive. Because <clears throat> it's literally like 20 minute long, single camera shot, no cuts whatsoever. Like that in itself is just impressive in a movie because it's still gripping the whole time. It's never like you're sitting there being like, oh, man, you know, it'd be nice now it's a cut. You know, no, no, no. You're just in there because you're like, what's going to happen? When, when's it, you know, and the sounds get closer and they circle around him and everything like that. Uh, it probably would have been an amazing scene to see in theaters. I mean, too bad this movie just didn't really get that kind of run. But, um, yeah, just to have that kind of surround sound and have that feel of watching them in there and everything like that. It does make for such a cool, tense moment. And then also as a filmmaker, you look at that and you go, God, that's such a glorious idea to cover that much film or screen time and have it be so simple yet totally effective. Yeah, and um, it's also kind of interesting just because like – because like <laughs> – it is it, it like far, starts off distance and you just hear this whoop whoop you know just the weird little like whoop noises and just some sticks clanking and apparently I, I think it was I'm not sure if they said it in this movie but I've heard it somewhere whether it be a podcast or somewhere else where apparently they use kind of like the sticks is kind of like a is like a is like kind of like a Morse code kind of thing or like a way of communicate with other Bigfoots like on the other side of the mountain or that kind of thing mm-hmm. and um. So the part when like you first you think because I think the thing about it is you think it's like one or two maybe one or two Bigfoot kind of looming around them, and then it keeps on getting closer and closer. You hear the heavy breathing and the whooping and sticks, and there's definitely something outside the tent with the heavy breathing. It starts to push in on the tent, and I mean it's one of those things like um, keep in mind when I say this. When I was a kid and I first saw the Blair Witch Project, like when I was first getting ready to see the Blair Witch Project, I was kind of freaked out because I thought, like a lot of people, I thought it was like a real thing. And then as it was mm-hmm. as it was coming out, it was revealed that it's not real. It was all staged. I'm like, oh, okay. So then I watched the movie and I was like, this is some fucking <laughs> bullshit. 
the only reason you're just like showing all this other creepy shit is just because like all this stuff like people pushing on the fucking like tent and all that kind of it's because you can afford an actual lady to win a witch you can afford someone on a fucking broomstick this is some fucking <laughs> bullshit man you know so that that was my I, that's what i thought when i was a kid and i first saw that and then in like i i, I kind of appreciate the simplicity i honestly think most cases at some point you should see the monster in some form mm-hmm. or another but Blair Witch Project, I get why now. Now I have an appreciation for that movie. When I first saw it, it was it went over my head, and the simplicity of it kind of went over my head. You know, um, this is another example of like, would I prefer to kind of see the monster at some point? Maybe, yeah. But at the same time, another thing about Bigfoot is we've never caught him on camera. Really caught him on camera. So kind of keep the tradition, but show enough things of him there to see his see is like what he's capable of i think that works too yeah no i mean that's how i feel too is i like the way that this is and then even saying that on blair rich i, I felt the exact same way you is too as i was just arms crossed teenager being like this is dumb you know it's not that scary there's nothing really happens for the whole time but when i went to re- rewatch it again i don't know maybe like eight years ago or something like that or 10 years ago it was one of those ones where i'm like no 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 this is actually is ingenious and just the way that it is and so on like is cool and for like when you think of it like i think it's that thing it's like as a kid you don't really you just go like well you don't have the money to do it like what's wrong with you guys and then like when you kind of go oh no no as like really like a cheap film project you know that the only reason it costs as much as it did because they use for some reason the 16 millimeter camera it's like get, get rid of that just use the video camera that's way cheaper and it actually looks ironically better in that movie but um you know, it's just so special at how simple and easy it is. And then I think in the Bigfoot one too, I think it makes sense not to see the Bigfoot because of that reason. Keep it off camera. That might be also the one thing if you did see it, because that's always sometimes when you have a monster like that, like it's got to look good. And if it looks just ever so slightly off, it could throw off the whole picture and so on like that. And since it is a found footage movie, it's almost kind of interesting to keep that sort of mystery part alive that you don't know what it is. And, you know, here's just the kind of like something got him, something killed him. It has that weird scene that like, well, there's that really cool part actually where they're out like in the Creek. I like, and they're running around and then they find like the Bigfoot tracks on the ground. So it gives kind of like, okay, well here, here's some tracks. Here's some things like that, you know? And then there's that part where the bush kind of shakes and everything like that. They start running the other direction. Like that part's actually really cool and creepy. I like that. Yeah. That's probably my favorite creep factor. The creepiest part of the movie, maybe other than the, the, uh, the, um, tent scene, um like and plus it's also kind of like an effective jump scare and usually jump scares annoy me but as long as it's not like a shrill like violin string or something like that then it's like okay okay cool cool but this was like that felt earned and it was also very cherry picking the moment to do it you know um Mm -hmm. and that part like so i think that because yeah usually i am like okay it doesn't have to be there the whole time. You're not going to show the whole thing, but just show a little bit of the monster. But this is like one of the few times where I think a big part of Bigfoot is we've never really properly caught him on camera. So I kind of get why we wouldn't do it here. I mean, if they did, I wouldn't be mad at it. But at the same time, I understand. And it still kind of keeps up some of the creep factor of it all. It's just sometimes I just kind of feel like sometimes this movie isn't one of them, but I do feel like sometimes they use that kind of like, well, whatever you have in your head is probably scarier than what it really is. Like, fuck you. Don't let me do your job. This is yeah. like, you know, or it's kind of like if they like, well, what do you think happened? You're the fucking storyteller. You tell me, you know, so it's kind of like if something's be open for interpretation, but when they put like the weight of it all on you, that's where I'm like, no, 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 
quit being a fucking lazy asshole, show it, you know. But this is a situation yeah. where I think it works. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of has a cool one, too, because when it does sort of reveal it, like, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, you get to the shaky camera kind of part, which generally, I, this is like the, those few type of movies I'm, I'm fine of shaky camera because it makes, like, logical sense. I hate it when it's like a professional-looking movie with shaky camera for no reason at all, but just because that was the end thing of the 2000s. But, um, yeah, you know, um, at least that one's still, at least I guess you'd say in a found footage style. I, I'm, I'm talking about like, when you remember when action movies just had them for some oh, reason? It's like, right. a, it's like a Tom Clancy movie. And it's like this the whole time. You're like, dude, get that guy off fucking drugs or whatever's wrong with him. You know, like, do not have the kid of Tourette's like hold the camera. Like, like a lot of Jason Bourne shit. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Bourne. That was, that was like, yeah, that, that, that kind of milked that a really a little too hard. Public hardcore, enemies like, had that too. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of the. Gosh, that one did too. A lot. They're not bad movies, but you just it, that's so noticeable, and it just it. Yeah, it just it doesn't work for those type of films. But like in this one, it does because there's that part where like they're running through the woods and it's getting all scary, and they're seeing stuff, and bushes are shaking, and you know sounds are married, and then they run up, and there's like the there's the naked lady that you kind of realize it's like oh shit, that's the lady from the missing poster early on, and whatnot like that, and then it's like it's so quick and to the point, and then the camera goes down, the guy's getting like beat, and then he gets like drug off, which is a really cool scene. But you almost hear the girlfriend getting taken off screaming, knowing that she's going to become like that naked lady and become like Bigfoot's like sex slave or whatever the hell's going on in this thing. I wasn't sure about that because I wasn't sure because like I wasn't sure like because like I wasn't like because when I first saw it, I just saw that, that, that I didn't know. I, I didn't recognize that lady at first. And I was thinking, why is there a naked lady for a minute for a split second? I thought it was just like a child Bigfoot or something like, well, that's a, that's a naked lady. That's a full grown naked lady. What's going on. I forgot about the lady at the beginning. So second time watching the movie, I caught that, but then like, um, yeah, I wasn't really putting together what she, you just said that I'm like, Oh, Oh, maybe that's what's going on. But yeah, because but I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if that was happening. I mean, it kind of leaves it open ended. Like she could have, they could just maybe spare some people like you're part of the tribe now or something or it's because like we hear her screaming off in the distance but the screaming suddenly stops so i feel like it can kind of be like either or you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> no but but, but it, it is one of those ones like that's just the interesting end. and it, one thing is actually kind of cool is i do like is the very beginning of the movie starts with like the camera laying in the grass which is the very end of the movie but you don't really know why that is at first it's just cameras just laying there in the grass you're like oh that's interesting yeah, yeah, it's like the first, and there's something eerie about just like it's because the you know they're using at some point it makes sense for them to be using the camera because the camera has a light, so it makes mm -hmm. sense that why they're using the camera, and um, when they're like there's just something off putting with the first shot of the movie is just like the camera on the ground with some grass there, bright light darkness behind it there's something off-putting about that i don't know what it is it's, you just you know something when you know something's happened that wasn't supposed to happen and um the extra little thing at the end that i thought made it extra kind of creepy was um because you know another part of the jump scare is after the guy gets attacked they bump into the woman then they hear a and they're like suddenly attacked and you hear the lady run off and you hear the guy getting like basically dragged and knocked around the camera flying everywhere. And, you know, you can tell Bigfoot's just out of frame because you see the camera shaking, like he's still holding on to the camera, but it's just shaking a bit. And then like the guy gets dragged with a camera attached to it with his arm still or something. Um, mm -hmm. After he's dead, I'm uh, implied to be dead. And like you see, like a stick drop in front of the camera. Like, okay, they're using the click, 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 that kind of shit. And then you hear like one 
one Bigfoot howl, another, and then like a whole bunch. So it's just like, oh shit, they're fucking everywhere. So I thought that was just kind of a good little cap off for the movie. Just like, oh, it wasn't like one or two Bigfoot that were fucking with them. Like everywhere they were going, they're, they're, they were surrounded the whole time and they didn't realize it. Yeah, there's a crap ton of them. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just everything about that is such an interesting one. And just the way that they go about it, I think, works really well. And it just, it just I think keeping it in the most ultra simplistic way, it just makes it like even, I don't know, in a weird way, makes it just that much kind of cooler and simpler. I think especially as like in the filmmaker kind of view, it's just, I think that's what makes this movie like super golden. I've seen like another, and something else about this movie is because like, Sometimes simplicity is key. And I think this movie, I think Bobcat Goldworth realized that when trying to make this movie. Because I saw another movie that takes like a few steps up. Like I feel like they saw this or got inspired by this. And they tried to do their own scary Bigfoot found footage movie and add a few other layers to it. And it just felt way too like trying too hard and you even see Bigfoot to some extent and it didn't Mm -hmm. have the same the same effect you know and also felt kind of like the people were a little bit more stilted like didn't seem as real as the couple in this you know I don't remember what the movie was called but basically a brother the two like two brothers and one of their like girlfriends or wives is going with them to go try and film a Bigfoot movie out and I don't think it's Willow Creek, but just out somewhere. And while they're doing that, they're encountered by like pot farmers, and um, they're all threatened. Like, if you're not out of here by this time, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you know this and that. So things are all at this this layer of deliverance. And at some point, when they're running away, it's implied they're being chased by a Bigfoot. You see, kind of like a shadow, kind of like they think it's just darkness, but then something moves out of the shadow. Like, oh shit, it's a Bigfoot, but you don't properly see it. And then the rest of the movie, they're just trying to get away from these pot farmers. And then some deliverations hap- deliverance shit happens. We know what happens to the girl. The two guys get raped and killed and then, like, left out in the, in the, in the woods. And then the camera, the camera going. And then as he's dead, like, we see, like, Bigfoot walk by in the background off in the distance for a second. You know, so it's one of those movies that was just very kind of, like... I mean, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't really, like, eh. It was very... I just felt like just it was kind of weird because it kind of gave added so much more drama and so much more stuff to it. But this movie felt so much better to me and it's so much simpler. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean kind of by that too. It's just, they, they take it, they add more, but it feels like it's still not really, uh, you just, you know, they, they just, those elements are just, you're trying to make it more intense and sometimes making things more intense can find almost be, kind of an issue i remember when this movie first came out willow creek and i just kind of went into a big kind of bigfoot mood and i was like i'm like i want to kind of find some of these other movies and i think because bobcat even mentioned some of them in like the audio commentary or something like that and there was one i was looking it up while you were talking i just want to see what the heck it was called i think it was the legend of boggy creek that came out in like 72 and that one was actually really cool because it sort of did the thing where they make it kind of like a, a docudrama kind of found footage not well you know old school found footage movie in a sense but like doing it like like they're out there doing a documentary but it was kind of cool because it took like a lot of those like old school legendary stories of bigfoot and then kind of combined them all into like one so they took like the um the theodore roosevelt one that he had in his book 
where um you know when they call them like you call them the wild men or whatever like that because like you know when they're at camp and they have this guy like this bigfoot come by and sort of terrorize their camp and you know there's my fun fact that i was like oh you know about that never mind okay <laughs> oh yeah the theodore roosevelt like well like yeah there's that and then like there was a couple other like stories and so on that legend of boggy creek movie if that's the exact i think that's that that's the one i know that there's a couple of them in the 70s because i watched a few of them that was a really good movie. I mean, like, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was, like, almost one of the best presentations of a Bigfoot. And that one was kind of cool because it did show stuff, but it did kind of shoot in this documentary style. Like, it was, it, had, it was pretty well put together, you know, where these guys are going up in, like, the Canada or something like that out to the wilderness, you know, to do a documentary. Like, I almost wouldn't even mind watching that one again. But, um, yeah, there was a couple movies in, like, the 70s that I kind of was watching because uh, I just wanted to find some cool ones that, you know, other cool Bigfoot movies that kind of took it seriously, not just like doing exploitative stuff or anything like that. And, um, yeah, that one, as I said, because it utilized just like those legend, but, but like, you know, somewhat historical, realistic stories, you know, as far as can be, you know, not just totally like made up stuff, but something that came from somewhere, you know, Theodore Roosevelt, I obviously saw something. It could have just been a couple of like hairy Irishmen that were like fucking terrorizing him or something like that. You never know, but you never do, but at the exact same time, I'm just thinking about that because, like, what where I heard that is I was just looking up some, just because it's a short, it's a relatively short movie, so I just wanted to make sure I had some other things related to it. So I just l- looked up some podcast on Bigfoot today, and I was listening to an episode of Lore, and um, it is interesting because you hear like you know other countries having their own version of Bigfoot. You know, like, okay, aside from the the Yeti or Abominable Snowman, you also have versions of Bigfoot like in Germany and parts of England and all that. <laughs> and then at some points, it's like now in, in northern part of America, a guy named Ted and his friend, whose his, whose name history forgot, he's like we're off on a camping trip and doing some shit, this and that. Tells the whole story at the end, like. And that man became Theodore Roosevelt, the 19th president of America. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Okay, you learn something new every day. And I'm finding out, oh, that's, I mean, I'm sure that it's in the records somewhere, but I wasn't expecting that. I just kept on calling him Ted the whole time. So um, it was kind of like, I forget that dude's name, but he used to be on the radio all the time. Like, and now you know the rest of the story, you know, like he, at the time he was known as John, like, John like Snufflewitz, but later changed his name to Abraham Lincoln. Now you know. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Okay, you know, so be that kind of thing. But um, yeah. So I, but I just hearing that story because the that story sounded like because like the one I the one version I heard it was like they're out trapping and they felt like they've heard a few things here and there and they're getting kind of creeped out by it, and they thought they saw it from a distance at some point. And then at some point, they're just kind of staying close by the fire, and throughout the night, they would hear it kind of like roaming around and like clicking and knocking sticks and making the hoot noises. So, And then, the okay, let's get our kills and get the fuck out of here. And then when he came back, uh, his friend was dead. He's like, oh, shit, you know? So, like, basically, while his friend was waiting for him to get back, he killed him. He just got home. So, um that also sounds like because you just it was in the story I heard it was just Ted's friend, so it could have just been some shit like, all right, what am I gonna say? Okay, okay a hairy man just <laughs> killed him, you know. I'm not gonna really yeah, tell exactly. Him to uh, well, I like because he, he writes that story. I think like in his autobiography or something like that. So it's obviously you know it's not like he's trying to hide anything. It's like he wanted to like to have that story told. He was real proud of that. <laughs> Time I tangled with a fucking with an Irishman or a Yeti. I don't know what it was. It was Harry. Actually, and I think that movie, 
I think it was called Sasquatch, The Legend of Bigfoot, because both those movies are like in the 70s. Because this one I saw, I was like, oh, this is the one where they're in Canada. So that was what I was thinking of that is the one that combines all those different stories together. The, the Legend of Boggy Creek, I think I did see that one too. And it's like, that's the Arkansas version of like Bigfoot. There's one, there's another story on that same show I heard where I think it was over by like Ape Canyon, or it's named this because of Ape Canyon, um, where um, at some point, you know, they were a group of men were out doing some hunting as they do back in that time. And they like saw a Bigfoot and one of them shot at it and missed like, Oh fuck it, whatever. And they get back into their cabin. And that night though, a bunch of Bigfoot like that, that, that's the motherfucker that shot me. And then like, and then like, you know, it was, it was like an old rickety cabin and with a lot of holes between like corners and all that. And throughout the night, like, Basically, they they heard like a bigfoot on the on the roof. They had a bigfoot trying to push into the door, so they barricaded the door. And then they had like hands like trying to reach in through the corners or the loose parts of the cabin, or trying to break through the windows and all that kind of stuff. So, it became like Night of Living Dead for a minute. That same story is also in that Sasquatch movie. Really? That's, that's one. That, that's one of the other ones that's in there. Um, yeah, so it's got like the Theodore Maybe Roosevelt. This guy just I watched to... this movie before recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like one of those ones I was trying to think. I'm like, I, I know there's like three like of those classic Bigfoot, like the old school tales, like you know, like 1800s ones and so on, like that. And that that's one of them. It's in there, the Theodore Roosevelt one, and then there's some, you know some other one or something like that. Because I remember, as I said, like 10 years ago, whenever that Willow Creek came out, I just went on the big Bigfoot like thing where I was just looking through all kinds of stuff on it. Just was like, man, this sounds kind of interesting. Let's see what this is. Let's try this movie out, you know, and look up all these factoids. And that was where I was found like, oh, that cool little like, well, not really cool, but like that interesting little trailer park that's been like above like uh, not Sierra Village, but Cold Springs area like that. Like that has an official Bigfoot sighting in 1952 there. 1952? I think so. Yeah, there's like some little girl, you know, trustworthy, the old six year old girl, like went out to the the woods there and, you know, found a you know big hairy fella who, you know, gave her like a flower or something like that. Okay. <laughs> One of those stories, probably just some once again, just a naked Irishman. It just came out like taking a dip in the water and it's like, just don't tell anybody you saw me out here. Here's a flower. <laughs> Fair trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm like, I don't know. It's one of those things where, um, when it comes to Bigfoot shit, like, um, how do I put it? Um, it's like a lot of these, because I, I do, I, I do land on the point of like, yeah, if this thing was fucking real, I think we would have found a skeleton by now. And there's always got to be at least one more to bury it at the exact same time though. I do think at some point in time they were real. You know, that, that, that's that's the thing mm-hmm. or like, you know, or like um, but another thing is it, it's kind of interesting after like this is the first time I could think of a movie that I saw where Bigfoot was the bad guy. But then like because I always I was just always thought Harry and the Hendersons like, oh, leave Bigfoot alone. Bigfoot <laughs> just want to eat berries in peace. You know, that's just how I always saw it in like movies and shows up until that point. And then I saw this movie and then suddenly like, oh, no, Bigfoot's been a fucking crazy asshole. Look at this story. Look at that story. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't know that. I thought that. OK, OK. I mean, all right, cool. Makes sense. It makes it more interesting now. Yeah, exactly. Just, just yeah. There's all kinds of things. It's just man, man fighting giant ape for you know thousands of years, and so on like that. Yeah, it's like one of those ones. Like I just think that 
you know, the Bigfoot stuff, it's just interesting. Like that, if anything, it's, it's just a cool story kind of thing. It's kind of like, you know, yeah, it's like ghost type stuff. It's like, you know, if you don't really have like actual proof, proof, it's, you know, they're more just interesting stories at the end of the day, but like, you know, not like full on believe and believe in like the, you know, the day that you get there and see something cool, maybe, but I mean, until that wanna, point, I don't want to know that, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just say it's like that. That's how I kind of feel about them. But it's not saying that the story parts aren't interesting and like you know just the legends and things that go along with them. Yeah, I don't want to talk a big game just to back down. But I mean, it's one of those same same times. Like, if someone told me like we're gonna go Bigfoot hunting and we're gonna split up Scooby Doo style, I'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck that!" Like, are you afraid you're gonna bump into Bigfoot? Not likely. But I mean, maybe a bear or a mountain lion. Bear. But at the same time, at the same time though, it's like fucking bigfoot though like on the chance that like i don't want to be the one guy in the movie like there's no such thing as a bigfoot you know that's always the first guy <laughs> to fucking die it's that one that like you you want to take like a middle ground on it like you know what i'm open to that there's a possibility you know i'm not a, i'm not a i'm not a hard believer or anything like that but uh, i'm gonna stay in the safe middle zone thing because we all know what happens to the guy who says he doesn't believe in the movie <laughs> Well, it, it comes more out of a fear of not not like. It, it, I'll be honest. It comes strictly uh, as a fear of being wrong. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it's not really. It's not really a moral stance. Just like God, I don't want to be fucking wrong. Yeah, I, it's probably not real. But at the same time, I don't want to rub it in your face and be the asshole and be the first guy to fucking die in the movie. You know. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that's like, I'll go back to the car and get it, you know? And then like, what was that noise? You know, I don't No, 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 thank you. You know what? That's, you know, you kind of mentioned that in like a movie way. I feel like I've never seen a movie before where there's the dude who's always like, oh, this is bullshit. This is some fucking like, you know, hogwash, all this kind of stuff. I would love to see it where that guy was the guy that makes it to the very end. And he's still not believing it, but he makes it out. Like, it's one of those ones, like, you think the whole time that this is the guy. No, no, it kills everybody else. The guy who doesn't believe, one, never really actually sees anything and totally makes it out at the end. <laughs> or never like sees anything like, like total proof. Miss, he's just yeah. missing it the whole time. And, like, we saw Jimmy get killed by that that thing. You're just pulling my leg. I know you guys are doing that. And, like, he just happens to be out of the room. He just keeps on barely missing it. Yeah, I'm just like, exactly. Like, there'll be, like, a death that comes across. I'm like, well, I guess he should have fallen down the stairs like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like it even make him just like one of these guys is just like the most non-believer like you know everything's got to be factual like it's almost like a, it's like almost like a batman was just walking around and like not believing in these like pseudoscience bullshit and making him telling everybody else like what's going on here i think he should i think he should be like i think it should be modern day he's the same age as like all these other people that are like probably in their like late twenties, early thirties. But he is the one guy who looks like 1950s dad glasses, crew cut top, like white shirt, shirt tucked in, in shirt tie, you know, it's just like, this is just how he goes to bed. You know? so. And yeah, he gets out. He's just like, you guys are smoking too much of that reefer, having too much of that Molly. I'm like, God damn it, Jared. Why do you come on these trips? Yeah, exactly. One of those ones like that. No, that would definitely be the thing. Um, but, but yeah, you know, um, 
there's, there's always just cool stuff that goes around with these kind of stories, I think, and I think they're, they're fun. But yeah, there is a weird thing. If you, if you get too much of a belief, I mean, it's like anything in life. It's like, well, those ones you... You know, you get hardcore and it, you know, Bigfoot almost becomes like a religion if you sort of think about it, like where you just, does it actually exist? I don't know, but I want to believe. (laughs) Well, I was listening to some Bobcat Goldworth interviews for this movie and um, he said, well, here's the thing. I went squatching with some of the people in the movie and some other other people in Willow Creek. You know what happens a bad night in squatching? You just went on a camping trip. That's all that really happens. You're out there, you have your camera, you hear something, you pull it out, and sometimes you like you hear something and be like, hey man, that sounds like a coyote. Bigfoot is a master at ma- like mimicking other animals. Like, oh okay, it could be a coyote, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot, the vaudeville like king. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should hear his Groucho marks. Yeah, one of those ones like that. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like you, you guys feel like, eh, you know, like, I guess it's just it's just a hangout that happens in Volvo. You got your camera and your trail cams, and you know, probably everybody gets, you know, probably one of those ones just turns out to be half the time they get halfway in the night and then everybody drinks, you know, a six pack too many and then uh, <laughs> starts hearing all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, I've been I've been camping before, and it was just like I, I, I it was like off putting. I knew it wasn't any. We got we shone a light, and we're like, okay, that's what it was. But there was like some animals, like like we were. It was a friend's pickup truck, and we just had like sleeping bags in the back of the pickup truck, and there was no shell or anything. So we just kind of look at the stars. We just heard some like steps, and just like <laughs> like the fuck is that? <laughs> Like the fuck, and then we like shine a light. And we're looking. I'm like, oh, oh, there's just some deer kind of like stomping around. So maybe it's like mating season or some shit. But there's like just like a big ass like elk, just like, <laughs> like in place. Like what the fuck's this thing doing? You know, like we're in the truck, so I guess we're fine. But all right, you know. So, but like, so I can imagine you you hear that shit they hear in the tent. That if if, if, a, if a fucking deer with a boner was like was able to freak us out, I could understand all the like whoops whoops and like all the click stick stick clicking like what the fuck is yeah that? well that's true true it's just like yeah I, I mean i hear it all the time where you just hear all the weird sounds especially the sounds mountain lions make is always a weird one too um yeah the lady screaming mountain lions yeah it, it literally sounds like yeah a woman being like murdered and raped like that's kind of like what a mountain lion sounds like you're like wow that's a weird sound there you know mm-hmm. um you know so you, you hear that you know you of course hear like when you know, yeah, deers themselves are just, they, they sound heavier than you, you, you picture them being lightweight and like just, you know, prancing around, but you know, they, they make more noise than you'd think, you know, and of course a bear makes even more noise when you hear one of those guys walk by because they're kind of just like, boom, 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 hey, there's a fence in my way, what a fucking ass, <laughs> let me just rip that down, <laughs> fucking jerk. <laughs> no, you know, fucking asshole, hey. just takes a shit and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like that's all those ones <laughs> like, oh. you know and most of those animals are so timid anyways that's always the funny thing people are so afraid of them but it's like a fucking like squirrel could run out and the bear will run away like it's, it doesn't take much yeah um you know but um but yeah you do hear just hear all those weird sounds and you hear those bigfoot like things and all the different animals it, yeah. you know and then you get the weird birds that make even other goofier sounds too you know some of them sound like monkeys and all kinds of stuff like you're in the rainforest but you're in the regular forest um mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much interesting things like that, especially when you are sitting there in the dark, too, and you hear all the stuff, you know. You know, back in the day, I remember, like, we used to have, like, the hot tub outside the back of the house, and it was, like, 
literally, you know, you had to walk like a hundred feet to get to it, you know? So you'd sit out there and you know, that, that would sort of freak some people out because you'd just be like literally in the middle of the woods, you know, mm -hmm. looking up at the stars and you know, you're like on the edge of the forest. Like it's right there. So you pretty much are circled by everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're not expecting it, that could see how I freak you out. But there's also like, what was the other one? Like, um, I think coyotes. I think that's the one to be legitimately freaked out about if you're if you're alone and out there. Because I mean, I've never been attacked by coyotes, but I know that like if it's one coyote, not a big deal. But like a bunch at once. Because I've had there's actually a time where we were out like at Lake Shasta, me and some friends, and um, we uh, were. We were like the houseboat was on like one corner of like so it was like a hill so we were in the water mm -hmm. and there was like a hill and then over the other side of the hill there's like another little cove and they walked over that hill onto the other side of the cove and were fishing at night and then like you know I forgot something so I went back they stayed out over there but I went back to the to the boat to get something and I came back and so I guess I was the guy like oh well I forgot my thing you know whatever but there's more people at the, at the boat so it wasn't like you know anyway I get there and we heard a few coyotes as we were over there just off in the distance but then as I got over there there was like a bunch of coyotes like, like howling and they all sound like they're way closer than when I left like they sound yeah. like they could have been just on the other side of the cove or even like kind of closer and they're down the ground with their knives out I'm like let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's like once again coyotes are pretty timid too but um you just never know it's like they used to have that issue in like the 70s in los angeles area and some of those like abandoned sort of neighborhoods from like the 40s and 50s where they had these wild dogs that were running around in packs and they were literally like killing children and things like that like it just was like they show it in like um there's that movie suburbia? by um yeah suburbia with penelope spheres um, the chick that did um, Wayne's World. It's weird to say it like that, but like the movie starts off with the, these dogs just like running down the street or something like that, and like there's like this little girl or whatever standing like I don't know, like in the nighttime, like just like literally like she, I don't know, she gets out of like a cab or something like that or whatnot. And these dogs just jump and take her down or something like that, or maybe it's a little boy. I can't remember, but it's like that's how the movie starts. What's a little boy doing? Get out of a cab? Like keep the chain. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's there with, like his mom like it's not like he's by himself like in the middle of the night like well, that that kid it's like not like one of those like men in black moments like that's the kid you gotta watch out for is the kid who's going around <laughs> los angeles in the middle of the night in a cab and if, for some reason has a wad of cash <laughs> <laughs> i was never here but it's like that's how the, that, that, that's like a perfect are you in or are you out moment of a movie like if you can handle the dogs murdering a child like literally five minutes into this movie <laughs> it's okay You're, you'll see flea next Flea oh, makes cool. everything better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, um, I don't think this movie really has the "Are you in? Are you out?" moment because I think all the the harshness really comes at the halfway point of the movie. <laughs> that said, though, I guess um, it is a very chill, relaxed kind of movie up to a point, and then it, I think mm -hmm. I appreciate a movie that could suddenly flip genre because you, you, from looking at the poster and hearing about it, you know what the movie is. But if you were in this movie blind, you could think you were watching like just like um, just a standard, just like maybe it can go to horror. Maybe it's just kind of a, like a, a lighthearted kind of like grounded comedy, you know. But the thing is, it, it goes really hard, really quick. And I appreciate when a movie can just like flip genre on you at the halfway point or something like that. 
Yeah, no, it's one of those. And if you probably just like turned it on, it almost look like good. Are they allowing people to put like random YouTube videos up on here? Like, well, what's going on? You yeah. know, is this one someone's like vacation film? You know, um, but uh, no, that that's what makes Willow Creek. It's just it's all around just such a. It's a neat movie. It's simple and to the point. Like I feel it's one of those ones. Like I would almost put in like that category of like if it's like if you need like a a handful of just like super inspirational movies for like a filmmaker, like I would literally put this in the same list that goes with Clerks, El Mariachi, you know, Evil Dead, Willow Creek would go right there with all those ones, you know, because it fits real well to being like, man, like here, watch these handful of movies. Like and if you're not inspired to make movies, you obviously don't want to make movies. The most expensive part of the movie is actually the, the scene where the raccoon, where she's out in the woods, going to the bathroom and a raccoon pops up because that's actually, um, that was actually filmed like on like a set because they had a raccoon that was from a re- rescue organization and um, they donated some money so they could use the raccoon in the shot. And um, the, but the way they had to do it is they had to film it there. So they just play some like, you know, play some stuff around and made it look like they're in the woods when they really weren't. So that was probably the most expensive, most difficult thing in the movie. Beyond that, the rest of it is all yeah. really out in the woods. Well, I just think that's just kind of the cool thing about that movie too, is that like, it's literally just like them filming themselves. Pretty much. It's just pretty much like a trio movie. It's like the two actors. And then Bobcat Goldwhip is always sort of like hidden somewhere. Like he's, if, when they're in the car scenes, he's laying down in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Given it, when they're in the tent, he's the one running around the woods. I just think it's just kind of neat that he's just sort of there. And like, I think that's just the coolest thing is because, because it's that found footage thing. It's like everything kind of like the cool thing about that is when you think of it, filmmaking wise, video making wise, you know, you literally can just use the microphone that's on the camera. That's okay. That, that will give it part of the charm. You use the light that's on the camera that no real filmmaker would ever use, but in found footage movies, Oh, it's perfect. That's going to add to the ambience of it. You know what I mean? You you know, you don't have to worry about, is the lighting perfect? Will this cut and match together? No, no, no. Like, th- that wouldn't make it feel raw and real. And I think that's what's kind of like, in a weird way, it's almost such a purist genre. Now, it's one of those ones you can't have too much of it because it and it's also kind of a tough one to get d- dialed exactly in right, you know? But when it does work out, it, it is such a – it's like the ultimate guerrilla filmmaking, you know? Yeah, and that's that's the thing about this movie so good, and about I think I think it's it's sad that it didn't get a wider release because I think it's so so much better than so many other found footage movies that were coming out at the time. And he even said that like he wasn't sure if he really wanted to make it because he's like he felt like found footage is like just too like too overdone. And he says like well, found footage isn't really a genre; it's a medium when you think about it. And he's thought like. Yeah, I guess you got a point there. It is more of just another medium of filmmaking rather than a genre. So let's see how we can make sense of all this. And I think it's probably the most, it, it's probably like the most realistic feeling found footage movie I think I've seen. Like that, of the ones I've seen, like that and Blair Witch, or probably the first Blair Witch, are probably the two most believable ones. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it is kind of interesting because this movie does sort of come on like the telltale end of like one of these found footage movies because like the 2000s was filled up a lot of those type of films, you know, where people are trying to cap- capture it. Um, you know, Paranormal Activity is one of the other ones that actually worked out pretty decently, too, um, because that would have – I think because that would – yeah, they, they definitely – they milked it hard, but like that one had a good like changing concept of like the they leave the camera up at nighttime and then we wait for it to happen, like – that kind of was like the thing that added that little bit of like, here's what's different about this one, you know? Um, and that, that movie's a perfect example too of one that I remember everybody I show it to, including myself when I first saw it, 
because I saw the Brendan Theater in Modesto, and that was the first time I realized that, oh, the Brendan actually has these massively huge screens. I guess that me and Ryan are always shoved into, like, the back where we get the tiny, like, screening <laughs> one where it's like, you know, here you go. Here, have your artsy, weird, and movies that nobody else wants to see section here where we could put the heathens at. No, no, there's a generally, apparently a huge one, but I remember seeing it there, and I was like, man, this movie was stupid. Like, nothing really. I had, like, that same feeling of, like, seeing Blair Witch the first time, like, kind of arms crossed, like, it wasn't scary. Come on, blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of go home, you lay down at night, you turn the lights off, then it's fucking scary because then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Wait a second. Now it's all coming together. And that, that same thing happened every single time I showed it to him. I showed it to Cisco because I'm like, dude, you got to see this. You know what I mean? I, I know you're going to think it's stupid at first. And I showed it to him. He watched it. At the very end, he's like, man, that was the dumbest movie ever. Whatever, I'm going to bed. And then I remember the next day he called me up. He's like, dude, I couldn't fall asleep for like five hours. <laughs> like, it's a, and then I remember, I, I, for some reason, I showed it to my mom, which that sounds like almost like you're torturing. But I'm like, you gotta see this. It's just, it's just so interesting. And she's the same thing. Man, this is stupid. That was the dumbest horror movie I've ever seen. Once again, I had a hard time falling asleep. Because <laughs> well, you don't realize how it affects you until like you think about it later. <laughs> Well, that's also, I mean, be honest, I often just stay up super late until I'm tired, until I'm about to fall asleep. So, because I just, because if I, if I stay awake too long, then my mind just starts to drift off on the, on the things that I have trouble sleeping. So I'm just like, you know, I'm going to stay up till I'm about to fall asleep. Like, oh, okay. Okay. So that's, that's, that's my hack to that. But <laughs> at the same time though, I've never actually seen a paranormal movie because I'm just like, oh, so some sheets move and some footprints happen and like some powder. Okay. Whatever. But is it like a lot of like, because um, I know the lady gets possessed. Do you actually ever see like a demon or an aspect of a demon in some way? Uh, you do, but you don't see it like a like as like a like a physical form. It's like a ghost movie is the best way to sort of say it. Hmm. Um, it's it, one of the, like, what, I do think that movie just kind of a shadow or something like that. She she does get possessed at some point, but you see just more like light things. I will say it's definitely well worth watching. Like, if, I mean, like, I would put it like right up there. I, it's, I'd say it's better than Blair Witch. It's more interesting than that movie for sure. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, it's one of those ones like, yeah, you'll probably watch it the first time and you kind of, you know, I mean, well, nowadays I feel like we're older and more mature filmmakers. so We can appreciate sometimes the, the nuances of things. We're like sometimes when you're like a teenager, you know, our arms crossed or I guess I'm a teenager, a little bit older by that point. But um. There's no lightsabers in this. It's a fucking stupid. You still have like attitude era, like, you know, like that kind of filmmaking thing. But like, uh, it's one of those ones you you open your mind, man, check it out. It actually is kind of an interesting one. And then even if you go in there with that filmmaker kind of mindset of just going like, okay, once again, you just buy one camera, you have these set pieces and so on. Like you can kind of see, I only need a house, like maybe six actors in total throughout the entire movie. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can get behind this, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I, I guess ghost stuff is kind of hit and miss with me, but um, I guess the reason Blair Witch I have more appreciation for that now is just because, like, I guess the physical, the physical, whether it's actual like demons or just people out in the woods fucking around like there's the part where they're in the tent and all the hands are hitting the tent at once and they hear the guy who's missing calling out in the woods which is kind of similar to um Mm -hmm. to um uh willow creek in that way but um i mean i could definitely see I, i guess i was just i just thought paranormal activity just be jump scares with like 
bed sheets, you know, but like I can actually maybe watch it at some point. Like if you say it's worthwhile, because I know that um, I know that um, because I remember going off what you told me, like, dude, this movie fucking sucks when you first saw it. I'm like, okay, cool. Now here years later, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll check it out down the line. Yeah, it's one of those ones like like it's definitely a movie that you kind of watch the first time and you kind of go, it's kind of dumb. You definitely want to set yourself up, though. I think the other thing, too, is that's a movie that you need a good movie-watching experience. Like, don't have it on TBS in the background, like, when, like, Thanksgiving's going on or anything like that. It's got to be focused 100%, lights down and off, and make sure that you have a good subwoofer of some kind of sound because it does have a – it relies a lot on the subwoofer as well, too. Mm. Like, just to have this, like, you know, build-up, like, uh, undertone noise. So that there there are some things that do kind of add to it. If you can, but um, I, I think it's well worth it. I, I literally own it on DVD. You know, I've, I've watched it a handful of times. I was always, I, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay, okay. Well, I'll give that one a watch at some point. But um, but yeah, I think uh, Willow Creek. I'm glad we kind of fully talked about it. So I know we talked about it probably. You know, in the early days of the podcast, you know, we were wee young lads, and it was back in the time period where things were simpler and easier, except for you had to walk uphill both directions just to get to the movie theater. But, you know, now, um, not that they had this at the movie theater, but was, you know what? It was, back, it was back in the day when you could still order movies off Netflix on disc. How what quaint. a concept. <laughs> because i think that's literally how i i think it was like i had uh i rented it from there i want to say so there we go it, it, it was a novel time you know but um but yeah continuing the halloween marathon is uh we start getting very very close to the end of the month having more good times of horror movies we'll get to about one more knock it out of the park have a fun time and uh till then go to oldmanorange.com more podcasts comp books like pizza boys animations videos and all that fun stuff that we've done till then i'm spencer scott holmes and i'm ryan dunnigan and i'll see you some other time later folks <laughs>